Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. And we're finally on episode 36, and it's a New Year's. Happy New Year's, Tom. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, we're well overdue for uh, an episode here, and this is our this is our first of the New Year, episode 36, and... Uh, you know, sorry, we're well into the month a little bit, but better late than never, I would say. Yeah, we were both traveling. I, I was away. I was in Colombia for New Year's. Colombia. Yeah, I got engaged. You That's got engaged. My yeah. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, it was exciting and beautiful country, beautiful people. Um, they call it the land of eternal spring. So, it, and it, it really is, you know, it's just like always beautiful and the terrain was cool. The people I saw um, was in some, some of the bigger cities and some of the smaller cities out on the um, kind of the interior of the country. And yeah, it was, it was a great trip. And you, you were traveling too. Yeah, I was in uh, Jamaica and, you know, this is, you know, we're recording live. So I've got construction outside, but uh, <laughs> this is... It's not a sound studio. This is a New York street scene. So uh, please excuse the hammers. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, we're actually we're getting Fios uh, installed in our neighborhood. So that's a good thing. But uh, I figured let's do a podcast with uh, let's do an episode with uh, street noises and get it done. But yeah, I was in uh, Jamaica and there was no jackhammers in Jamaica, by the way. <laughs> I was there for my sister's wedding. Um my my half sister, but she might as well be my sister, and uh, she wanted me and my brother to give her away at the wedding. And ah. now I've got a Jamaican family. That's why we went down there. My brother-in-law is Jamaican, and his whole family is. Uh, we were down in Treasure Beach, which is on the south coast of Jamaica, and I've never been there before. And you know, we were not on any kind of resort. We were in Jamaica, so it was. Uh, pretty cool we weren't isolated from the world which i didn't like i don't like uh Uh resorts we were in a little town and uh hung out with the people and it was a great experience cool and And i know you got some great images and that's gonna feed into our topic today of traveling with one camera one lens yeah i i i had i posted that someplace and i and i you know talked to you about it a little bit about talking uh about traveling with one camera and one lens. I think we thought that would be a good topic for an episode, especially from someone like me who's such a gearhead. And, uh, you know, when I go to uh, another country or travel, I tend to usually bring a lot of equipment. And I decided this time to to not. And partially that was because of the context of when I was tra- what I was traveling to do. It was, uh-huh. I was mainly there for the wedding. And so I figured, you know, we're going to be there for, we ended up being there for eight days, you know, and it was a couple of days traveling, but, you know, the wedding was one day and we were going to have all this other time involved. And I was like, well, you know, I'm really there just to be, it's a wedding. It is a little bit of a vacation and I'm already stressed enough about, you know, not screwing up in the wedding party. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you know what, let me make the decision about bringing you know, what gear I'm going to bring. So I decided to uh, bring only what I could fit into a small bag. Uh, right now I'm, I'm actually doing a, I'm in the middle of reviewing a 
new shoulder bag for Tenba. And look for that review coming up soon. I'll, I'll post that link when, when I finish it. But I was like, well, what can I fit into this bag? And that was my criteria. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, you know what? I can fit both of my little Fuji cameras in there, and those would be great to bring. And I'm not going to bring my Nikons and stuff. And even at the last minute, I decided to dump one of the Fujis. And so I, I literally only went with one camera, with has, which has the built-in lens, my X100T Fuji. And uh, that's it. You know, that and my phone. And, you know, the phone uh-huh. adds a little bit. But yeah, not yeah. Necessarily. That's interesting. It coincidentally, we both ended up doing that, which is uh, highly unusual for both of us. But you know, we each ended up going with one camera, one lens. I I brought my 5D Mark II Canon SLR um, with my 40 millimeter little pancake lens, partially because it's small and compact, and I was just trying to to have something that was small and manageable wait a, f- a 5d, <laughs> 5D <small. laughs> well no i'm talking about the lens oh, about I mean, the lens bo- okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah body is the body you know i mean i i have another 5d but you know that yeah so my one camera is gonna be a 5d unless i get another one and that'd probably be the 5d mark three <laughs> but uh yeah so i i brought the little 40 millimeter pancake lens which it's interesting, you know, when you have to limit yourself to one lens. I mean, we've talked about lenses before, and so you're you're imagining how you're going to see the world during the time that you're there, and in a sort of a basic, fundamental kind of way. And um, I mean, there was the practical side to it being just a very small lens, but I don't know. There's something about that 40 millimeter I like that. Um, you know, any any portrait lens in that range, I feel like is gets kind of close to just what you see normally with your eye. You know what I mean? In terms of like, you're not zooming, you're not super far away. It's just kind of like very, there's a a very slight shift when you raise the camera to your eye in terms of, you know, what you see when you're looking through the lens compared to what you just normally see. I mean, I I do prefer the wide angle in general. um, And I feel like it's even more, closely approximates what you see but the that portrait lens it it gives you that sort of um your it frames reality a little bit more than the wide angle which kind of gives you that sense of just your real natural vision with the wide horizons you know but there's there's sort of you're you're imposing a bit of a frame and i kind of like that i don't know it strikes me as sort of a kind of a classic um, way of seeing and shooting that. Yeah, well, you're cropping reality. I mean, yeah, exactly. Doing yeah, the wide yeah. angle lenses. You know, when you're only with the wide, you're you're sort of forced to capture everything, and and, and uh, with the lens that you're using and the lens I was using, I was using uh, the X100T has got the equivalent of a 35 millimeter lens on it, so it's a little wider uh, uh-huh. than your what you're using. Uh, not a great portrait lens, but it can be used for portraits. And, uh, yeah, you're sort of forced to crop reality. You know, you got to pick and choose what you want. But I was, I, I don't know who you were, but, you know, I, I wasn't nervous to just go with the one camera. Um, it's funny because I was, I had packed the two cameras. And it's my X, uh, the other camera is an X20. So it's kind of small, but it's got a zoom lens on it. And... Even with the zoom lens, I was thinking, you know what? You know, it's going to give me that 
that crutch to say, well, you know, if there's something I want to shoot, I'll have this as a backup and I can use it as a, you know, I can use it as a zoom lens. And, and part of what I was doing is, is justifying, well, I'll bring it as a backup camera just in case something goes wrong. Uh-huh. And at the last minute, I was like, you know what? Forget it. Just have some faith that the camera that I'm going to bring is going to work. And just have a little faith that if, if something went wrong, you know, I got my iPhone with me and it wouldn't be such a disaster. And, you know, I'm there for a wedding. But the decision to bring one camera was so – I didn't realize how freeing it was until I got there. Huh. You know? uh-huh. uh, I didn't have to – carry around a heavy bag with me you know and that's part of the whole purpose of going to these mirrorless cameras is like deciding to you know lighten the load a little bit but you know going to a place for the first time and saying what am i going to see what am i going to see and uh, what what do i do if i don't have these you know extra lenses with me and i was like nah you know what's jamaica <laughs> just just chill out man you know <laughs> um it 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 very much allowed me to be free you know and we were just talking about the, the lens crop and stuff like that. You know, in this case, you you generally have to then use your legs to, to move closer or further away from the subject that you were shooting or the subject yeah, that I was shooting. right. Yeah, it gets you more active and engaged. Yeah. I mean, I was a little worried that I wouldn't get uh, a huge, diverse amount of imagery because I didn't have the different lenses to work with. And you know what? If you go, we'll post the gallery so that everybody can see. But if you look at the pictures, I was actually quite surprised at the diversity I got. I mean, if you look at the kind of shots that I took, it, it, I mean, it doesn't necessarily look like I'm shooting with different lenses, but there's a very diverse amount of subject matter. Uh-huh. Uh, I shot sunsets. I shot people. I shot, I didn't, I didn't post any of the pictures of the wedding, although they're on my Flickr site. Um, and so I was shooting during the wedding. I wasn't the wedding photographer, thank the gods. Um, there was one thing I didn't want to do for my sister. It's like be the, be the official photographer. She actually got a very good photographer to take pictures. So that freed me up to just do kind of like the grab shots during the wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, and then just doing some touristy shots, you know, like pictures on the beach, pictures of people biking, you know. Uh, I did some night shots. I did some star shots. I don't know if you saw those. Yeah, I did. Yeah, those were cool. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> they were insane. There was one shot. I did a handheld shot on the beach. We were at a party on the beach, and I I think I held handheld it for like two or three seconds, and the stars were sharp, and the palm trees were sharp, and it was it was dark. I mean, it was like black outside, and I was really shocked at how good the picture came out. And you could see, you know, you could see Orion, uh, the Orion's belt, and you could just see all these stars. And then I did, um, I did some other shots where I did long exposure of a tree at night, which I did some light painting with. And there's this tree in the foreground, and there's uh, stars in the background, and there's a storm in the background. And I, I let the shutter stay open for like 30 seconds, and I had a flashlight, and I painted this tree with the light in front of me. Uh-huh. And the storm in the background was going off, and I was, like, I, I was like, what is that flashing? And only when I started looking at the screen, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a storm. And the stars came out. And I've never taken a picture like that. And this was all with the one camera. I was using a little gorilla pod to hold it up on a fence. You know, I didn't bring a tripod with me. I had a little gorilla pod. And that's it. And so the diversity of subjects I was able to get with one camera was, huh. I was kind of blown away by that. Yeah, that's way. so cool. I think I, I, I saw that tree shot. I, I didn't realize you had cheated. Cheated? Why? <laughs> what do you mean cheated? <laughs> How did I'm I cheat? Just, uh, 
I'm just messing with you about the light painting. No, I think that's oh, real- oh, you know, I could have used a flash or something. But I, I had this flashlight with me because it was it was it was so black out in the street I couldn't see where I was walking. So I needed a flashlight. Uh-huh. And there were these stray dogs too. I was trying to keep them away from me. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I've got a flashlight. What happens if I try to you know, it was an experiment. I was like, let me tr- Yeah. Let me paint the tree with light. It looks like I flashed it, you know, essentially, but uh I was actually trying to sculpt the light a little bit. But it was a shot that I'd never taken before. And I think having the one camera allowed some sort of mental freedom to, yeah. to experiment with. Right. And I don't regret it at all. I don't regret bringing one camera and one lens at all. In fact, I've, I think I have now become an advocate in, in some strange way. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you know, I, I, I would just caution, like, of course, if you're going to the say the Galapagos Islands or something like that, you know, or, or some place where there's some rare, interesting kinds of birds, you know, like I like tend to like to shoot. I mean, you're not going to want to go someplace without a telephoto, you know what I mean? Well, you gotta, yeah, you're you going to the, think about where you're going and what you're doing. Yeah, but, the context certainly plays yeah, into uh, that. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, I took into account that I'm going to a wedding and I'm really right, going to be, right. a, you know, and to have a vacation too and spend some time with my wife and just sort of chill. Right. Uh-huh. So the, the yeah. idea is not to be a photographer. If I was going to the Galapagos, we would have been paying a lot more money. And I think the idea of going there, the context is to go and take pictures. Right. You know? Right. So right. Yeah, yeah. No. But I would certainly consider like, where are you going to go on your trip? What do you need? Um, you know, Mac from the Sid and Mac podcast, that fantastic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we love them. We love them. When Mac came to town and we got together. Uh, I'm not sure if he had two cameras with him uh, or one. I'm pretty sure he had, he might have just had one with him when we were shooting. No, he had two with him, but he was traveling lighter than he usually was. And uh-huh. and we talked about that a little bit too, about just coming to the one place with the one camera. And this was his first time to New York. So I think he brought a little bit more gear because he, he didn't know when he was going to come back. And so he did take into consideration the context, you know, coming to New York and shooting landscapes and shooting cityscapes and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, there are going to be times when you want to carry the gear. But, I mean, still, you also want to travel really light. Uh-huh. Those guys did a lot of walking before they came to meet me. And I think they were exhausted, you know, and uh, however much gear they were carrying. I don't think they were carrying a lot of gear. But that, that certainly comes into effect, you know, when you're, when you're going to go travel. But, uh, yeah, you definitely have to factor that in. And just there's that added stress of, like, stuff getting ripped off when you have, like, you know, bags of gear and you know do you leave it in the room is it safe and you know yeah. all, all that kind of stuff so many yeah facts. that's the thing with one camera i only had to bring the one camera with me and i didn't yeah. worry about like well what did i leave in the room oh nothing there's nothing there a couple of batteries and some chargers you know so but it reminded me a while back after uh princess diana passed away um uh-huh. my wife and i had already had a scheduled trip to london like a a week or two, maybe it was like a week and a half after she died. And so I was planning to be, bring a ton of gear. I was, you know, I had, I had pretty much packed, you know, what I'm going to bring. And after she passed away, we were starting to hear in the news that uh, photojournalists were being targeted by people and being beat up because they blamed photojournalists for her death. Uh huh. And I'm like, okay, I'm about to go to London where things are getting a little tight with photojournalists. And I'm going to walk around looking like a photojournalist with all my gear. And so I decided to, at the last minute, to pare down my, my gear then. And I was shooting film then. So I, I, you know, had very little, I had a few choices um, in terms of cameras. And I ended up paring it down to two point-and-shoot cameras, really good ones. But a, uh-huh. Nik- a Nikon 
that had a 28 millimeter lens on it, and it's an actual 28 millimeter, and a Contax, which had a 30, I think it was a 32 millimeter lens on it. So it was a little, and it had those two pocket cameras. Huh. And I just shot slide film and some color negative film. And, and again, I was really, really happy with those, with those results. But those, I, you know, I, I did that on the trip mainly out of self-preservation. I didn't want to look like a, you know, someone who, who could be targeted. Paparazzi, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, well, that makes sense. Yeah, no, part of this was like, you know, thinking about it on this trip was like, well, also, I don't want to walk around looking like, you know, a paparazzi or someone who's professional. You know, I kind of want to blend in with the rest of the tourists just so that, you know, nobody pays attention to me. Yeah, yeah, no, we've talked about that before. That's another reason I like that little pancake lens is because it's very unpretentious and it's not intimidating at all. And, um, yeah, it just... You know, there's certain, I think, automatic reactions that you generate when you hoist a big, huge SLR with a big lens on it. It's just people have a, I think, kind of a, you know, sort of just gut reaction of, I don't know, there's more pressure. And sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's sort of like, you know, you can take control of a situation or at least kind of establish yourself as a serious photographer um, and sometimes that, that works and opens people up in interesting ways, but I think it's also fun just to sort of be blending in and just be like an ordinary person and the camera's not anything that's going to have anyone, you know, sort of stopping and, and kind of noticing. And so you're more just in the flow of life. That's the uh, advantage to the Fuji cameras and, and any of the other mirrorless cameras who, who sort of mimic the, the same design. But the Fuji brand looks like old film cameras, you know, and yeah. you have a choice to whether or not to put it up to your eye to take a picture or use the LCD screen. And, you know, you can put it up to your eye and it, and it like you said, with the, the, the way the camera looks, it's less intimidating. So even if you are putting it up to your eye and you look like a photographer, People are still thinking you're using a film camera or something that's just, you know, a little more casual. Uh-huh. So in in a lot of these cases, you know, we, the gear can really make a difference in how uh, this you're perceived by the the subjects. You know. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I love the look of the of you know your Fujis. There's there's a little bit of a retro thing, which kind of adds another just sort of fun, playful dimension to it. Yeah, and, and, you know, not being taken too seriously is a big advantage, so. Um, although I just heard, you know, we're we're in the middle of January now, and Fuji just announced three new cameras. Uh, and <laughs> one of them I have got to get. It's their new flagship camera that's coming out, and it looks like a slightly bigger version than the camera I have, and it is interchangeable lenses. Uh. And the, and the uh, camera itself is, I think, about $1,800, so I'm not going to be able to get it soon. <laughs> but I was like, what kidney do I have to get rid of to get get that camera? But it maintains uh-huh. that that really uh, open retro, retro look, you know? Uh-huh. And, you know, it is interchangeable lenses. So if, like, I had that camera, would I have brought, like, an extra lens or two with me? I don't know, because... You know, it has that ability to change lenses. I mean, I don't have it, but, uh, you know, the idea of just having the one camera and the one lens really um, forces you to be creative in in all sorts of ways, you know? 
Yeah, I, I think another thing we could, you know, uh, point out uh, along with this theme is just that, I mean, it's one thing to do that when you're going on a trip. You know, that's a big decision, and you're you're limiting yourself in a certain way, and that can, you know, produce fun, creative kinds of experiences. But it's also possible just to go out for the day to go shoot with just one camera and one lens and mimic that experience and. Ex- play around with the notion of limiting yourself so that it's not necessarily about the camera and the lens, but it's more about your own creativity. Yeah. And I, I agree entirely. And also since we're switched to manual, <laughs> yeah, of course, the idea that the camera could go into a manual mode where you can, even though you've got the one lens and the one camera, the fact that you can go into manual can create all sorts of different creative techniques. So, you know, You've got that as another option, you know, turn off the automatic stuff and, and try to shoot as manual as possible. That's true, which you, you did in Jamaica. And, you that's you know, your images will be a perfect example of the different kinds of looks you can get from one camera and one lens when you really know how to creatively explore the range of what that camera can do and what the lens can do. Yeah, I, I found myself often switching into manual mode just because of the extreme conditions the camera's meters would you know want to give me one thing and i'm like no i don't want that i want this you know Uh so i would have to turn off the the automatic settings and and go into manual it was just a it was necessity but it really helped boost that creativity because Uh once i started to understand oh yeah well you know i need a longer shutter speed for this and i'm going to get some kind of blur but that means i have to hold it steady and you know all that stuff really helped the my creative juices. So it was it was an experience that I would recommend for everybody to, to, to give a try. Um, you know, you can always go back to the place again with another camera. I mean, if it's just one of those life you know once in a lifetime trips, yeah, sure, bring all the gear you can. Um, you know, balance it out with the kind of what you can do because. Yeah, we don't want to get a hate mail. Oh, I went to Paris, you know, with one camera, one lens. You, you idiot, what are you telling me to do? I would go to Paris with one. I Sorry, you know, Tom, I would go there with one camera, one lens because I feel very comfortable in New York City, right? Yeah. So I figure if I went there, you know, if I went to another city, I'd be fine with this, you know? Maybe if you haven't been to a city before, sure, you know, definitely go uh, and bring more gear but again you also want to balance out like i want to be active all day if i was going to walk around in paris all day the last thing i want to do is you know you know be taking ibuprofen every you know three hours uh-huh yeah pack. that's true that's true you know maybe the grand canyon is a better example you know <laughs> i think i might want my wide angle and a telephone yeah yeah <laughs> when i come out to visit you i think i'm not going to just bring one camera but uh you know i i would yeah. uh, you know what would be interesting is going out to the going out to visit you, bringing all my gear with me, and then like the next time I come out to visit you, I would bring just one camera because then I I've already gotten it out of my system. You know? Yeah, that's true. Uh huh. So it'd be you know, we go. Yeah, it would just be a, a, an experience and just limiting myself to some place I've been before. You know, so that's why probably walking around in New York is so interesting for me because I've done it a million times, and so yeah, I don't feel so bad about going around with one camera, and I can always pull out my other gear when I need to. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're really doing the jackhammers today. Ah, we're getting the New York grit today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I miss it. Turn <laughs> up that. This? More jackhammer. Like more cowbell. Yeah, more cow- It's a holiday today. These guys are they must be making a million dollars on their on their union contract. Sorry. It's they should be they should be it's off right. today. It's Martin Luther. Well, hey, this is a good segue because we're 
doing something new, and I yes. love this idea. So let's jump right in. We're gonna yes. Well, can I? Tonio and I each are gonna have a, a um, quote by a photographer we like, and we'll just share it and uh, chat about it and see see where that goes. So you go first. Okay, here's mine. It comes from Ansel Adams, the famous American landscape uh, artist, I would say. Um, this is what he says. You don't make a photograph just with a camera. You bring to the act of photography all the pictures you have seen, the books you have read, the music you have heard, the people you have loved. Awesome. Ah, what a great quote. It's so valid for today in so many different for so many different reasons but let's hear your thing first because i've got a i've got a thing already okay yeah yeah well i mean it to me it, it it gets at that thing that we've talked about before that's sort of hard to pin down um sort of mysterious i think but just the, you know the eye of the photographer and how we look at and see the world and and uh, you know it really acknowledges explicitly that all the different experiences that we've had shapes what we see and how we see. And um, it's interesting. It, it, it feels like it's a good fit with what we were talking about with the one camera and one lens because, you know, he's, he's reaffirming that it's, it's not just about the camera. It's about what you bring to it as a, as a person with the, the relationships you've had, the books you've read, the music you've heard, you know, the things that he, he mentions there. All of that goes into your experience of the world and that when you see something that, that strikes you and you produce an image of it that um, that your life experience is somehow woven into that that image. I so I I love that notion. I feel like it it deepens our capacity to as Ron Haviv, you know, was talking about speaking that language of images, it helps us become more fluent to understand the process and, and what it is that we're doing when we take images and that we bring our whole selves to that act. I agree a hundred percent. And the other part of it is uh -huh. the practical part is like why photographers who are in the business of making photography can ask to get paid. And this is sort of the practical part of it. It's not just, well, my uncle can take that picture. Uh -huh. uh, well, your uncle has not been studying photography for 30 years, has not been taking 450,000 pictures a year, uh -huh. uh, doesn't have that, that experience necessarily. And, you know, the act of making a picture is not just snapping the shutter. The act of taking a picture is all the experience that you've, that you've built over the years, the hundreds of mistakes that you've made. The, you know, the galleries you've traveled to, the photographers you've talked to, yeah. the, the sketches that you've drawn, all that goes into that snapping of the shutter. You know, when someone says to you, why do your pictures look so much better than mine? <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. when someone says that to me, I, you know, well, because I'm, this is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you it's know? a lifetime of practice. Yeah. Is a piece of that, and it's interesting. You know, included in the list by Ansel Adams, there is all the pictures you have seen. So right. it's also right. that that educational process of looking at other people's work and appreciating great art. Yeah, that can't it can't be said enough. This is why I don't know. I think this is why sometimes photographers are um, not understood entirely. You know, 
And mm-hmm. you know, when I say everybody's a photographer, no, not everybody's a photographer. I mean, everybody can take pictures, but not everybody's a photographer. And this is not about being, you know, this is including amateurs and professionals, and you know, anybody who takes pictures. I mean, there's plenty of amateurs who are, you know, I would consider professional in the sense that their photography is great. They're just not making money off of it necessarily. And they've had the same experiences. They've been taking pictures for years. Um, they've looked at photography as, as well. It's, it's really about those life experiences that, that are important. And, you know, hopefully people who are not photographers are listening to this show and understanding that uh, it, it, it takes a lot to, to snap that shutter. It takes a lot to choose the camera. It takes a lot to choose the lens. It takes a lot to say, yeah, I'm going to go to this country with just the one camera and one lens because of my experiences. I'm, I'm fairly certain I can, you know, make do with this. Yeah. So that's yeah. a really good, appropriate quote for, uh, for today's show. Okay, what do you got? What do I got? Okay, so photogra- favorite photographer of mine, street shooter, name is Elliot Erwitt. And for anybody who is into street photography or just photography in general, you need to go find this guy's work. He Spell is his last name? Erwitt. E-R-W-I-T-T. Elliot Erwitt. I believe he is still alive. I think. I hope. And anyway, uh, the quote, uh, I've gotten photo quotes. I used to do these on Instagram. I used to find a picture uh, and a quote and I would put them together and put them on Instagram. Uh-huh. So that we could start talking about photography. So I, I had a lot of these already made. And I would al- always find a picture that was uh, from the photographer that sort of fit the quote. But anyway, the quote I have from Elliot Erwitt is, all the technique in the world doesn't compensate for the inability to notice. And mm-hmm. the picture I joined with that quote is this great shot of, it's from inside of a store window. And there's a like a half dismembered mannequin looking out the window um, towards the street. And in the street is a woman looking over her shoulder as she's walking by the window. And to me, this is, uh, this sort of ties in with what you're talking about with Ansel Adams. The, the ability for us as shooters to notice things that people who don't take pictures don't notice. Like our, capability is to say hey uh or our job in a way is say hey look what i noticed today and then show it to everybody uh-huh and yeah. uh-huh. you know you can have all these techniques you can know all this you know uh a dark room technique or an hdr and whatnot and all that does not compensate for the ability to just pay attention to to the world around you and and show those images yeah noticing things that's it's so especially street photography when there's uh so much going on and you know uh, different things that we've talked about in different podcasts but just the the backgrounds and the eccentric characters and and it's so easy to walk down the sidewalk and be just kind of self-absorbed and thinking about your own thoughts and worries but when you really open your eyes and start you know being the camera, seeing through the lens and noticing things and seeing the world as a possible uh, work of art, you know, then you just start to see stuff. And yeah, I think that's what it's all about. You know, being able to point stuff out to people that they didn't see and like, Oh, I never, I didn't see that when I was looking at them. Like, yeah, you didn't notice. 
Uh-huh. But it's yeah. not necessarily a flaw. You know, it's just like this is what we do. You know, we're, yeah. we capture a moment in time that not everybody is seeing because everybody's in their own world and, and worried about their own things. And our job is to is to look for these things. And it's not just street photography, too. It's it's. I mean, it's, I could I could argue that it's any kind of photography, really. Yeah, yeah. No, I just think street sh- shots because, you know, we do a lot of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, yes. even if you and I are walking down, like, through Red Hook or something and if we're looking at images at the end of the day, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. And, you know, how different people see different things, and that's part of the fun, too. Right. That's, that's one of the great things about uh, photo walks and stuff like that is getting together afterwards with a bunch of people who are, you know, of varying skill levels, but all photographers and all sort of, you know, hopefully have that ability to notice things and looking at the pictures together and saying, Oh, Hey, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I yeah like when the- I go back to Red Hook, I'm going to look, I'm going to look for that picture. I didn't see that there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I had that experience in the, in the Kelby photo walk. And, and I think I was leading 25 people ish. Uh, uh-huh. And when I got to see all their pictures for the contest, I was I was a bit surprised. I mean, I go down to Red Hook all the time and shoot. And it's, I think, you know, wow, I thought I've noticed everything. And I'm not even close to noticing everything. Yeah, yeah, there's always something new to see. You know, and also that that's great because, you know, you get too familiar with a place and you think, no, you know, I've seen everything. Here. No, you've not seen everything there. Uh-huh, you've not yeah. seen it in that light. You've not seen it in that day. You know, that's, you know, the this idea that you go around and you get bored with someplace, you know, this should really never happen. I mean, you can always put the camera down or decide to go someplace else, but always come back. You'll find new things. I walk around in my neighborhood all the time and I'm seeing new stuff every single day. Yeah. Uh, Every moment, moment, moment. Yeah. Well, that's the idea is like going to, you know, you were saying this before that we're still practicing our photography, you know, you're never quite, I don't think you're ever quite at some sort of level. You're always shooting something new. You're always noticing something new. And to me, that's still a practice. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just want to squeeze this in because it's uh, we're recording this on um, Martin Luther King Day here um, in the U.S. And uh, I was just talking about King yesterday. And a pivotal moment in his life was when he saw that iconic image of the um, children in Vietnam running from a napalm bombing, and, and that's what prompted him to speak out against the war. Um, so it was it was one of those meeting of worlds for me as a minister. You know, I was talking about that in church, but I just couldn't help but say that's a reminder of the power of photography. You know, that, that photographer took that image, and I'm embarrassed to say I don't recall who the photographer was. It was for Life magazine. And I, I Google the the image, and and there's there's a whole series that the photographer took on that road as those children were running from the napalm, and uh, it's it's really powerful. So just a little MLK tie in there. Mm-hmm. You know, just pointing out that you know it's important for photographers and and journalists to be in places to notice things because the rest of us really can't notice this stuff. We can't be in Vietnam, or we can't be in you know, Mexico or Canada or Paris seeing what's going on. And so it's important for the people that are there to notice and share. Yeah. Yeah. Syria, you know, there's an image on the front page of the times of the New York times the other day when that convoy made it to Syria. And I, 
I really noticed, I mean, there, there had been so many stories in the news about how people were starving to death and eating cats and dogs and um, just the horror of that situation. And then, and then there was the picture, um, and it, it was mostly um, girls and women, and it was just so powerful because all of a sudden, you know, these starving people were made real, and it was uh, just another reminder of the power of photography. Yeah, and some, sometimes it's about noticing the ordinary, and sometimes it's about, you know, bearing witness to the extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good reason to carry the camera around all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Well, I think that's 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 a wrap. Where yeah. Well, you know, they just stopped. They just stopped the jackhammering. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> All right. Let's do another one. <laughs> let's do another one. Well, it was great to start off the new year like this. Uh, I mean, it took a little bit of time, but we're finally in the seats, and and hopefully we'll get to a more regular schedule. I think this year, right? We want to get more. We're going to get more photographer interviews, right? I think we got yeah. a bunch of people yeah. in our in our address Shoot. books. Uh-huh. waiting to be contacted. So we're going to work on that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we have people in the queue, Tony. We got people in the queue, yeah. Ah. <laughs> we also, I thought we want to do a joint podcast with uh, with Sid and Mac at some point. I'll, let's figure out how to do that so that we can have a little um, joint fun podcast with those guys. Uh-huh. In, yeah, in yeah, that'd be great. North. Yeah, because they're, they're really spunky. We're, we, I don't know, there are... Uh, Canadian brothers and sisters, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to watch out for the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> right. What was that? What was that movie about uh, Canadian bacon or something about the invasion of the Canadians? Oh no, I never saw it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're a right. very militaristic country. Uh, yes. I can. <laughs> uh, do they even have an army? I don't think they have an army. Hey, yes, they do. <laughs> Yeah. And they have a very, I think they're very... I mean, I'd be proud of them for not, you know? I mean, yeah, that's, they got money to pay for health care. Yeah, I think uh, they're they're lining up in the borders because once uh, once we have our presidential elections, there's going to be a lot of Americans trying to yeah. aid Canada and getting out Trying to flee the country, yeah. I'll be, I'll be leading the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully it won't be that bad. Oh, my gosh. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, so... You guys can follow us at our website at switchtomanual.com. We're also on Facebook. Please, you know, like us there at Switch to Manual. Uh, on Twitter, we're Switch the number two manual, so Switch to Manual. We're on Flickr, right? Something like yeah. Uh huh. And iTunes. iTunes, yes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Yes. And if you guys subscribe to us on iTunes, Please leave us uh, feedback and a review. Helps our ratings, I think, get up there. You know, we want to build this podcast up, and it's uh, this is going to be a great year. We're going to make a lot of episodes, and we're going to be very popular this year. So, to do go to iTunes, give us a review. We would appreciate that. Also, we've started doing portfolio reviews on our site. Come and check us out. We have a few different tiers. You can check us out with a free version so you can see what we do. But basically you send us your pictures and we look at them and give you some really useful feedback. So check out our portfolio reviews on our site. It's the tab called portfolio reviews. Um, check us out there. Anything else? Have we left out anything? I think that covers it. Uh, we probably left something out, but <laughs> Facebook. Did we say Facebook? I said Facebook already. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're Facebook people. We like we're older guys, so we like Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. So that that was good to that was a good catch up. 
Yeah, yeah. Great chatting with you. Yeah. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Adios. <laughs>